We don't sugarcoat shit. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello, Renegade Nation. How you doing? This is Everly Isby, back once again and connecting the dots here on Renegade Talk Radio. And let me see, this is February 4th, 2017. And once again, I'll repeat what everyone knows. It's freaking crazy out there. Truly crazy. What else is new? The shifts and changes I've been talking about for many months are now accelerating rapidly. It's hard to see clearly what is happening a lot of the time, especially if you watch and listen to mainstream media and it leads to uncertainty and fear. So on this show, I'm gonna speak into the new administration of President Donald Trump. There's a lot of speculation going on and a lot of distraction to keep people unbalanced. So I'm gonna connect some dots for your consideration in the hopes that some important points can be clarified to help us rise above the current manias going on, hopefully to regain or perhaps retain some equilibrium here. So I'll start off by giving a quick recap just uh, of what the people of the United States of America have experienced since 9-11. Just a little refresher, a reminder of what has gone on in this country. And 9-11 was a coup d'etat by certain interests within and without the United States. Since 9-11, America has gone through some radical changes which has led to the exponential gutting of the very fabric of this country. After the uh, after 911 and the ensuing years following, all the imperial powers amassed by first George W. Bush and then later Barack Obama to kill Americans without due process, to detain suspects indefinitely, to strip Americans of their rights, to carry out mass surveillance on Americans without probable cause, to conduct secret wars and convene secret courts, to sanction torture, to sidestep the legislatures and courts with executive orders and signing statements, to direct the military to operate beyond the reach of the law, to act as a dictator and a tyrant above the law, and beyond any real accountability. All these policies have been perpetrated on the people since 9-11. George W. Bush's attempts to gut the Constitution, suspend habeas corpus, corpus, uh, habeas corpus, okay, which is the right, after being arrested to be brought before a judge or a court, to secure release unless lawful grounds are shown for the detention, to carry out warrantless surveillance on surveillance, on Americans and generally undermine the Fourth Amendment and if you're hazy on the Fourth, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Yeah, let's throw that one out. <laughs> and let's not forget Barack Obama's prosecution of whistleblowers, targeted drone killings, assassinations of American citizens, mass surveillance, and militarization of the police have all been the accelerated agendas we've all experienced over the past 16 years or so. It's been fun, hasn't it? So who should we blame for these policies instituted after 9-11? Well, beyond the uh, criminal syndicate that infected D.C. moving these agendas forward, you can also look at the Republicans and the Democrats, bought and paid for, who justified every power grab, every expansion of presidential powers, and every attack on the Constitution, 
as long as it was a member of their own party leading the charge. You can also blame the courts, who were also bought and paid for, for caring more about order and profiteering than justice, and for failing to hold government officials accountable to the rule of law. Blame international corporate conglomerates for taking control of the government and calling the shots behind the scenes. And the people themselves? Well, Americans agreed remained largely silent while the United States military, directed by the George W. and Obama administrations, bombed parts of the Middle East to smithereens, dropping nearly three bombs an hour when you do the math and spread it over time and left a trail of innocent Muslim refugees and civilians, civilian deaths in their wake. But suddenly today, Americans are outraged by programs introduced by the Trump administration that would discriminate against Muslim refugees. Never mind that we've been killing those self-same refugees for more than a decade. And never mind that the terrorism that was sponsored and supported by the U.S. administrations and other allied players in the Middle East and North Africa in this fake war on terror created by the 9-11 coup d'etat to create the, all of these illegal wars in the first place has been directly responsible for this mass flow of refugees and terrorism around the world. The irony and hypocrisy, or perhaps, I don't know, the total ignorance of many Americans absolutely amazes me. Don't people understand the blowback that is potentially heading the way of the U.S. is to be expected? Can people not see the ramifications of the agendas carried out by these criminal elements in the halls of power that directed all of this mayhem and destruction in the names of the American people? Do you not think that revenge by those also losing power now will not be carried out in any number of guises? Trump and this new administration know this very well. Trump wants to protect our borders, for example, because the blowback coming our way will harm innocent American lives. Trump is not bolstering up border security because he's a racist. He's protecting this country from the criminal elements responsible for this utter mess. The one thing to remember about immigration is is that in 1996, Bill Clinton made it mandatory prison time for any alien who re-entered the country after being deported. It was Bill Clinton who made it law that any alien found guilty of virtually any crime, even if legally here, they were to be deported even for nonviolent crimes. There were no protests back then. The media supported Clinton. So, what is going on here? This is a complete excuse to overthrow the government and to destroy the Trump administration. That is what is taking place. But getting back to the hypocrisy of Americans since 9-11, most Americans failed to show much opposition to the government's disregard for Americans' bodily integrity with the introduction of TSA and other law enforcement agency agendas in the growing police state we now live in. Oh, many people bitched and moaned and complained about their personal experiences from time to time. But most just shrugged their collective shoulders and went along with the practices of people being subjected to roadside strip searches, virtual strip searches, cavity searches, and other equally denigrating acts. Yet now... Hundreds of thousands 
have now supposedly gotten their britches twisted up their butt cracks and have mobilized themselves spontaneously to protest policies that could be advanced by the Trump administration and might demean or deny equal rights to individuals based on their gender or sexual orientation or take away their reproductive planning choices. Oh, but the loss of the important inherent rights of humanity in general that have been stripped away so far, left and right since 9-11, those kind of inherent rights weren't important then. But they take an angry stand now over the issues of women's and LBGT rights. Millions are unemployed. Millions of families are routinely destroyed. Our educational system is falling apart. Our science is politicized. Bridges are literally falling down and we are wasting time arguing about transgender bathrooms? Seriously? Where were these people before this moment in time? Similarly, when uh, tens of thousands have gathered annually for a march for life to oppose abortion, many of those same marchers seem to have no qualms about the government's practice of shooting unarmed people and executing innocent ones. I don't buy it. Doesn't wash with me. There's something else at play here. These protests are coordinated politically. This is not a heartfelt individual response in any way, shape, or form. The press is stirring up the left, and the more often than not ignore the supporters of Trump all over the place. The press is conspiring against this country. May need I remind you that they are owned by huge corporate conglomerates, mostly foreign-owned, who get their marching orders to the political agenda of the owners. Once the Fairness Doctrine was repealed, the entire objectivity of the press has collapsed. And if you're not familiar with the Fairness Doctrine, let me just read you a brief thing about what the Fairness Doctrine was. The Fairness Doctrine was a policy of the United States Federal Communications Commission, the FCC, introduced in 1949 that required the holders of broadcast licenses both to present controversial issues of public importance and to do so in a manner that was, in the Commission's view, honest, equitable, and balanced. The FCC eliminated the Fairness Doctrine in 1987, and in August of 2011, the FCC formally removed the language that implemented the doctrine. So, the press can slant important issues any way they want to, including outright lie. And they can outright lie without fear of legal retribution. They have free license to lie. So as all this has become apparent to many people, as their blatant lies have been exposed big time in the alternative media, what's been happening? Oh, what has been happening to the mainstream media? Well, you have MSNBC on one hand, opposing Fox. The ratings of NBC, MSNBC crashed, and now the talk is that Andy Lack wants NBC to become the next Fox News after he took cable stars Greta Van Susteren and Megyn Kelly. Seems that the NBC network wants to take a more conservative tone after MSNBC ratings collapsed, along with CNN. Fox News finished in first place, securing its place as the number one news network on cable, beating out CNN and MSNBC combined in both the number of total viewers and primetime viewers. The media, no, 
no, I was going to talk about the people. The people are fed up with the media and the press is still fighting for the left. That makes it rather obvious, doesn't it, renegade nation, that the mainstream media is simply a propaganda machine and nothing more. You can't get vital information and news from mainstream media, even when they deem to impart such subjects to be to the public. Not if you want to keep your head on straight, because they are masters of spin and perspective, even when they seem to be unbiased. So, you know, in final analysis, all of this reactionary hypocrisy going on right now is an effort by those who benefited from the coup d'etat back on 9-11 are now lashing back in as many ways as they can devise as they're falling from the imperialistic power they presumed they'd be able to maintain. Most of these protesters are either uninformed people who don't see reality or they've been paid to incite violence. These people were bussed in by NGO organizations affiliated with George Soros and his aligned ilk. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I, I was watching some of the, uh, the, the videos of the violent protesting going on, the destruction, all that kind of stuff, and also some of these protesters' comments. Uh, and I just kept shaking my head and rolling my eyes. These angry young punks really didn't seem to have any clue as to why they were even there. But they were sure charged up enough to destroy private property and start fights, though. Of the violent protesters, you know, I wonder how many of them are on drugs like Prozac or any of the too numerous to list psychotropic drugs so pervasively prescribed to our nation's youth to destroy their minds. Think about that. But those coordinating these efforts are part and parcel of those who want to destabilize this new administration because this administration has vowed to take them down. That's what Trump is taking on. He volunteered to do this job when he didn't have to. Whoever or whatever the sum total of what Donald Trump is, I think he means what he says, and his actions so far are proving that out. <sighs> I am taking a break here. I need to breathe. When I come back, I'm going to talk into some specific cabinet picks that will shed some light on how Donald Crump Trump is going to accomplish some of these goals. This is Everly Isby, and this is Renegade Talk Radio. Be right back. I was in chronic pain, and my family struggling to make ends meet, food and gas prices going up, even keeping my job was iffy. Then I learned about a new miracle drug made in Washington, D.C. Spend it all. Spend it all is Washington's answer to all the painful problems Americans face. How to borrow $800 billion for a stimulus that didn't create jobs or fix the economy? Spend it all. Spend it all is not for everyone. Side effects may include a mountain of government debt piled on our kids, a sudden loss of freedoms, higher prices for everything, leaving our kids a lesser America than we had. Ask your doctor or congressman if your conscience is strong enough for Spend it all. And it's so popular in Washington, we have to borrow, I mean import, trillions more of it from China. Spend it all makes you feel better now and pushes off the really bad stuff till later for them to deal with. Call the White House and Congress. Tell them, stop spending it all. Blunt. Do 
you like to be blunt? Absolutely. We don't sugarcoat shit. Listen, Listen Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. You'll hear things you've never heard before. Renegade Talk Radio. Hello again, Renegade Nation. This is Everly Isby. And I'm tucking into uh, Trump's strategies with this new administration. And as far as I can tell, by his cabinet picks, he has a well-informed strategy to take this country back. And his speech on Inauguration Day, which gives you some major clues. Uh, Although he had just sworn his oath, and therefore had not had the time to do anything either for good or for evil on the very next day. Hillary Clinton's sponsors, and as I talked, uh, one of Hillary's main supporters is George Soros, our good old buddy. You can bet good money that he's behind the organized demonstrations against Trump in Washington, around the country, and in Europe. As proof of that, what is at stake here does not concern only the United States. Identical demonstrations were staged in numerous countries, particularly in the United Kingdom. Of course, the demonstrators were not reacting to any particular act, but simply expressing their fears. Outside the U.S., many of them carried signs reading, I'm terrified. Donald Trump has been indicating for a long time what he intends to do. He intends to give back to the American people the power that was confiscated on September 11th, 2001. Trump concentrated his message on the usurpation of real power by a small exclusive group for whom Hillary Clinton is the visible spokeswoman. He's never stopped repeating clearly enough that all the decisions taken since 9-11 are illegitimate. These decisions were approved by the Republican George W. and the Democrat Obama. Therefore, it's not a Republican or Democrat issue. The issue is the criminal actions of that coup d'etat performed that day to infect America, to begin the dismantling of it on a grand scale. Trump's inauguration speech centered around this. This is a quote. Today's ceremony, however, has very special meaning because today we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, but transferring it from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. What truly matters is not what party controls our government, but that this government is controlled by the people, unquote. Haven't heard those kind of words in a long time. Have you, Renegade Nation? I sure didn't. He wrote that himself. Nobody wrote that for him. As from the first day, and contrary contrary to U.S. tradition, he set up a national security team composed of notable soldiers, Generals James Mattis, John Kelly, and Michael Flynn, to take back the power confiscated by a faction of the military-industrial complex. The new Secretary of Defense, uh, General James Mattis, is considered by his peers to be a learned man and one of the best strategists of his generation. Over the last two years, Mattis was a researcher at the Hoover Institution based at Stanford University. And what is interesting to note is he pursued his studies on the relations between civilians and the military, which attests to his will to place the armed forces back in service of the people. When he arrived at the Pentagon, Mattis distributed a, distributed a, a short 
memorandum in which he affirmed that, quote, the military and the intelligence agencies are the sentinels and guardians of the nation, unquote, and at reorienting the work of the security forces towards the defense of the nation rather than the pursuit of an imperial fantasy or the protection of the interests of multinational companies. Trump's first visit after his inauguration was to the CIA. His clear message to them was to eradicate Islamic terrorism from the surface of the earth. Do you see where this is going, Renegade Nation? President Trump has named his Homeland Security Secretary, General John Kelly, who is perhaps chosen for his knowledge of the Mexican border, but there's something more here. As we connect the dots, we get a larger picture. Kelly was Mattis's assistant in Iraq. Both of them entered into conflict with Paul Bremer III, the boss of the Coalition Provisional Authority. In other words, the conflict with the men who organized 911. Mattis and Kelly attempted to honor the heads of the tribes of central Iraq in order to no longer be perceived, be perceived as occupiers. They sought the help of the head of the U.S. military intelligence in Iraq, Michael Flynn. General Michael Flynn was nominated as Trump's national security advisor. Generals Flynn, Mattis, and Kelly have known each other for a long time and serve the same objective. And Renegade Nation, only senior officers of this status are capable of helping President Donald Trump to take back the power that has been usurped since 9-11. In order to succeed, they will have to clean out the Pentagon, the CIA, and the international institutions which have been corrupted, NATO, the European Union, and the United Nations. The millions of people who demonstrated against President Donald Trump were right to howl their fear. Not that the new inhabitant of the White House is a misogynist, a racist, and a homophobe, which he is not but because we are approaching a moment when the knots will be untied. It is more than probable that the usurped power structure will not allow itself to be unraveled without reacting. This confrontation will not take place in the Middle East this time, but in the West, and particularly in the United States. I hope all you hearing out there understand what's going on here. Donald Trump came aboard to save this country from the criminal syndicates that have taken it over. So all this bullshit, let it go. Rise above it. Okay, I'm heading to a break here. When I come back, I'm going to talk into the tie between oil and our currency, the U.S. dollar. A lot of people haven't connected that dot, and it's an important one to connect because it will explain some of Trump's economic strategy I feel this is important to talk about because people who are concerned about the environment need to understand what is truly at play here. And hey, you know, I care very much about cleaning up the environmental destruction that has been going on for years. I care about this planet. But we have to also clearly see that to make the changes that we deem necessary, we have to have a logical strategy to get there. This is Everly Isbee. This is Renegade Talk Radio, and I'll be right back. (laughs) 
More smoking content than a Jamaican spliff. You're listening to Blunt Talk on Renegade Talk Radio. Mm, hello again. This is Everly. Thanks for listening. And I hope you are listening because this is something that most people just don't understand on an important level. And that is the uh, role between oil and our legal tender, the U.S. dollar. A lot of people are very upset that Trump wants to remove forward on the Keystone Pipeline and the Dakota Access Pipeline. I totally get that. But once again, we have to look at this from the reality of where we're at right now and where we are headed I'm taking this information from my beloved Anna Von Reitz once again, so I'll lay out her points here, and it has really got me thinking straight about these important issues, which includes the decayed state of America's economy. So here is, in part, what Anna has to say. Quote, The value of the money in your pocket depends on oil. Think about that statement for a full minute. Really think. I'll repeat it again. The value of the money in your pocket depends on oil. Oil is the commodity asset backing the current, the corporate funny money called the uh, United States dollar, the USD. That's why it's also known as the petrodollar. The value of your labor is tied to oil. The value of your house is tied to oil. The value of your land is tied to oil. And so is the cost of your food, your education, your medical care, and everything else you can think of. It's been this way since 1971, but somehow the news still hasn't come home to Main Street. When Nixon changed the asset, asset base backing the United States Incorporated's currencies to oil instead of silver, your fundamental well-being and prosperity became inextricably, inextricably, I can't talk anymore, <clears throat> inextricably linked to oil, and it will remain that way until we, and that means Americans and U.S. citizens alike find a new way forward. We have to become the lar- we have become the largest per capita consumers of energy on the planet. The petrodollar has fundamentally changed the way we live and has fueled the technical revolution and made globalization possible. It's also caused wars and numerous police actions, governmental corruption, pollution of the environment, and growing social unrest. You have to account for both the good and the bad. Americans are both the greatest consumers of the so-called fossil fuel energy on the planet, and in terms of refined oil products, the greatest long-term producers of refined fossil fuels. When we cut our consumption of oil, our demand, in other words, we drive the cost down in our role as consumers, but we suffer in our role as producers. It all has to balance out, and over time, the dependence of the United States dollar on oil assets has to change along with everything else. So against this vast and changing worldwide energy market background, we have to consider the Keystone and Dakota Access Pipelines. America has been blessed with vast natural reserves of fossil fuels, but thanks to policies set in place in the early 1900s, the majority of those resources have never been developed. The pressure to do so now has been the result of both increased price gouging by Middle Eastern suppliers of crude oil to our refineries 
and the realization that long-term value of the resource is no longer increasing. Instead, we are facing a use it or lose it market. Building both the Keystone XL and the DAPL pipelines in such an environment is a no-brainer and time is of the essence. That is, if Americans want to keep eating and stay warm in the winter and be able to bootstrap their way forward. And then, you know, Anne brings up a little farther down in this article that she was writing about this whole thing. She uh, brings up the existing pipeline that we have had in Alaska, our uh, Trans-Alaska pipeline called TAPS. Uh, has functioned perfectly for going on 50 years and is still pumping oil cleanly, efficiently, and without spills through some of the most challenging and remote country on earth. It is a living testimony to American engineering skill and what is possible when we make safe, efficient pipeline design and operations our goal. If TAPS can do its job in Alaska for going on five decades, there's no reason to think that Keystone XL and DAPL, which is a smaller, much smaller diameter, can't function safely and efficiently for the 20 or 30 years they need to function during a worldwide energy source transition to the new technologies preparing to come on the scene. Like, like Renegade Nation, like free energy technologies that will take us off the utility grid, for starters, so we can do without those polluting utilities that keep charging us more and more and more every month, those will phase out, as well as the unhealthy utility lines that buzz all around us. Those will eventually be a distant and unmissed memory. These new technologies coming down the pike will usher in extraordinary changes to how humanity lives and prospers in their lives. It will also have a major impact on how humanity interacts and protects the very ecosystems that support life on our planet. We can also recognize new transportation systems coming on board, non-combustion engine automobiles, and advanced technologies to clean up the planet. These emerging technologies will go far beyond that. This is all coming, and nothing is gonna stop it, and it'll be good for all life as we transition, but it's not gonna happen overnight, Renegade Nation. You can't snap your fingers and change the complexities that society is built on, as much as people may wish they, we could. So until then, the pipelines are a very good thing, environmentally as well as to support as our economy and the value of our currency. For America to come back, we have to view this logically and wisely and take things step by step. As Anna said, and she lives in Alaska, the Alaska pipeline has not experienced any environmental disasters since it was built over 50 years ago. Pipelines are far superior to the other options we currently utilize to move oil and gas, sea tankers, rail freight, tanker trucks. Those three options have been the source of so many environmental disasters, it's ridiculous, and I don't think I need to go into any detail there, my friends. So in conclusion, I have to say that Donald Trump and this new administration is clearly on a path to get America going back in the right direction. Trump also gave the full go-ahead, for example, to the FBI to investigate the criminal ra- criminality surrounding Hillary Clinton, saying she deserves what she deserves. And so does everyone else who's been involved in this criminal syndicate that has taken us all down such a scary and destructive path. They've been above the law, 
or so they thought. But now that an outsider has come in who is not a party to the established interests in D.C. and beyond, and with the military behind him, a huge amount of opportunity is in front of us to bring justice back into the equation. That's how I see it. And while I'll always keep my eyes on this administration going forward, you bet I will, I have hope for the first time in a long time. The real change is coming our way. Okay, Renegade Nation, I'm saying adieu for the moment. Once again, thanks for listening. This is Everly Isby connecting the dots right here on Renegade Talk Radio. Bye.